Support for this podcast comes from Train. For more than a century, Train has stood for products and technology that are innovative and reliable and always moving forward. Train Residential works together with independent dealers to provide sustainable, efficient, and healthier environments that their homeowners want and deserve. The Train portfolio addresses not only comfort, but indoor air quality, complete system control from anywhere, and diagnostics to help manage and protect the investment, along with energy-saving opportunities through products like our smart thermostats and variable speed air conditioner. You can install Train and be confident in its reliability because every product is tested to withstand the harshest condition of nature, or our engineers can throw at it like freezing conditions in our System Extreme Environmental Test Lab or five inches of water an hour in our climate chamber. That's how we create heating and cooling systems you can count on to run through anything. It's that kind of reliability that's earned us the honor of being America's most trusted HVAC system for nine consecutive years. Welcome to Successful Contractor, powered by CertainPath, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. As a reminder, all episodes of The Successful Contractor are available on YouTube as well as your podcast player choice. And for more information on how CertainPath can put your contracting company on a certain path to success, visit our website, www.mycertainpath.com. I'm excited to bring to you an interview with Danielle Leiston, a do-it-all technician Buric Heating and Air in Columbia, Maryland. Danielle does maintenance, service, and sales. She even helps in the office. Danielle is also CertainPath's first female tech to attain HVAC Crown Champion status. She did it by selling $1.76 million in 2022. And it was only her second year in any sales function. So how did Danielle achieve such incredible immediate success? Danielle believes that knowledge is power and power comes from knowledge. She will take the time to educate homeowners completely about their system, even that 20-year-old dinosaur, and she gives them options of repairing it along with the option to replace it. And ultimately, those homeowners feel fully informed. Through that information, they'll feel good about their buying decision with Danielle and with Pure, whatever it may be, repair or replacement. You have a technician afraid of sales, whether HVAC, electrical, plumbing, roofing, whatever. This is a sensational, non-pushy approach that will always work. If you use sales as a way to serve, you can have success and feel good about what you're doing. And that's exactly what Danielle does. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Danielle Leiston of Bureau Heating and Air in Columbia, Maryland. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Take away a nugget or two. Danielle, thank you so much for being here today. I'm very excited to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. For those who haven't had the pleasure of meeting you yet, can you kind of share with everyone your name, uh, your company name, and uh, where you guys are located? Yeah, so um, my name is Danielle. I am with Burek Heating and Air. Um, we are based out of Columbia, Maryland. Um, online, if you check, it says Ellicott City. They're very close. Um, and I am a maintenance technician, service technician, sales I. Do a little bit of everything. Yeah, that's right. A little bit of office stuff, too. Mm -hmm. What are you doing in the office here with everyone, too? Um, So usually when Nick Jr. is out of the office, I will cover the phones. Um, I am transitioning to a bit more of a managerial role. Yeah. Um, So just helping where I can uh, and learning along the way. Yeah. 
And uh, we're talking as you guys had a, an awesome year. You had an awesome year, especially mm-hmm. last year. I think you did one point. You tell me what. what yeah, uh, one point seven six yeah. million. Yeah. Um. So pretty happy about that. Yeah, uh, the technician. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, doing service and then just kind of rolling into sales, learning how to transition into that hat. Um. It was my second year of sales, so I did not think it was going to be possible. Yeah. Uh, we made it work as a team. That's fantastic. Yeah. Good for you. Well, Thanks. we'll dig into your process and how you approach calls in, mm-hmm. in just a minute. But I, I love learning people's stories and, and how they got to where they are. So let's let's talk about you. How uh, how did you end up in the trades? I did not take a typical path. Uh-huh. Um, I went to college. Uh, I got a degree in mechanical engineering. Oh. Um, my bachelor's was environmental studies. And then I actually got a master's degree in urban and regional planning. Wow. Um, Sounds a lot wordier than it is. It's a very broad um, topic, but I focused on energy and energy efficiency, um, how to incorporate that at a small level as well as a community level. Yeah. Um, And from there, I did consulting in D.C., uh, and I was a consultant for the energy efficiency programs run by the utilities. Wow, okay. Uh, In true D.C. consulting fashion, um, (laughs) when we lost contracts, junior associates got laid off. Oh, sure. Um, and I learned very quickly in that position that I just was not made to sit behind a desk. Mm. Um, there are days we're sitting behind a desk. I can get a lot done, but if it's 40, 50, 60 hours a week, I just will. It's not my, my thing. Sure. Um, during that time of being laid off, uh, after panicking, applying to like a hundred jobs in three days, <laughs> um, I kind of had a, I guess you can call it a come to Jesus moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and opted to go into trade school because growing up, um, I loved working with my hands. My dad was very, uh, mechanical, like DIY kind of guy, yeah. uh, working on cars with him, helping him around the house with various projects. Uh, I remember one of my favorite memories was helping him and my grandfather build a, an addition onto our deck that wrapped around the pool. Um, I helped, yeah. uh, as a child, but, um, Went to trade school, and uh, I was 30 in trade school, so I wasn't a typical age. Um, so I uh, got poached pretty quick out of trade school, and then uh, after about a year and a half, wound up at Burek. Wow. That, I just decided HVAC for some other trades. So actually, it was very interesting. I um, originally thought I would want to be an electrician uh, because of the energy efficiency. I was just thinking, hey, solar would be a, a perfect fit yeah uh and actually at lincoln tech you only learn about solar in the hvac tract interesting uh they don't do it at all in electrical uh, even though that the school time there is twice as long mm. so i went into hvac and i was like hey this is actually where people typically use 40 to 60 percent of their energy of their household is with air movement so yeah, it just kind of happened and then how did you get linked up your um so during covid Um, my company that I started with, uh, they uh, like offered a temporary layoff to employees because it was March. It was our slow season. Um, I took it because I hadn't had a vacation in like six years at that point. And I was like, this would be great to just hang out at home. Um, and some of the guys that I went to trade school with, uh, I was talking to them. I wasn't particularly happy with the company I was at at the time. Um, and, uh, one of them was like, I think you might be a perfect fit for the company I was working with. 
um, he had COPD, so he he decided to leave during COVID yeah. because of the scare. Um, I interviewed with uh, Nick Jr. I did a telephone interview with Nick Sr., the owner of the company. Um, we hit it off perfectly and have honestly never been happier at a job in my life. So, yeah, it's been great. That's awesome. Yeah. Very good. Um, let's talk about, so, you know, you had this trade, the, the trade school experience, mm-hmm. but um, this whole way of, of kind of the certain path method of delivering yeah. service. So how did you kind of, did, what kind of onboarding did they do with you to start kind of learning that? You know, service process. Did you yeah. go to some of our trainings right away, or was it all in house? Um, so a little bit of it was in house. Uh, with Burek, it was kind of just hit the field yeah, right away. You're in small company. Um, but once uh, Nick Jr. and I were talking about how kind of how he envisioned the future of the company, and we started talking more, he was just like, "Hey, you kind of want to like learn the ropes with me, you know, and be more of a, a player in, in that." Um, and that's when he was just like, why don't we try, you know, service essentials? Hey, do you want to check out some videos on the hub? Uh, then he signed me up for a selling tech class and then the, um, and then just a couple more classes. And most recently we did emotional intelligence. So it's just kind of stacking the knowledge base and it's worked out really well. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. How, how, how fast did he take like service essentials and then the sales class? Was that pretty quick? Um, they were probably six to eight months apart. Okay. Um, yeah. So it was probably a good, maybe about five, six months at Burek before doing service essentials. Uh, so it did take a while cause we were still getting our footing, um, out. Like I was, I joined Burek the same day as another technician. And at the time we were the only two that wasn't family. Right. So it, it was hit the ground running. Yeah. Uh, and you know, during the slow season, that's when it was just like, Oh, actually, yeah, let's let's do some trainings. Let's learn a little more. Uh, and yeah, once we started doing those trainings, it's it started going a little more of a rapid pace because we started seeing the benefits. How uh, how long did it take for you to to earn the right to sell? Well, how many years was it like after a year or was that right? Yeah. It, um, so I was with Burek. I joined June of 2020. Um, I believe I started selling in early 2021. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Here, that's, uh, I had been in the industry for about three, two and a half, three years yeah. at that point. Yeah. Yeah. But you had earned your shirt. I mean, they yeah. see, okay. Yeah. Knows what you're doing. Right. That's great. Okay. Yeah. And, and at that point, did you go to any of our, like the sales training before you started selling or? The webinar it? version. The, the webinar. yes. Okay. Yeah. So um, I know SD taught a class and Cody taught a class. I can't yeah. remember which one was which, um, but they were um, kind of crucial yeah. uh, because I very technical brain. Um, I love helping people, but it was really learning, kind of slowing down, reading the customer. And obviously my numbers took off from, yeah. from there. That's great. That's yeah. great. Okay. Let's, let's, let's dig into your process a little mm-hmm. bit. So let's say you know, you're going on a service call. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you make a contact with, with the homeowner or does the office call before? When I'm on my way? Yes. Yeah, so uh, the office will put either call on the way or text on the way. So we do whatever the customer requests. Um, a lot more frequently these days is text on the way. So I'll just say, you know, hi, this is Daniel with Burek. Just want to let you know my current ETA is 25 minutes. So yeah. Something to that effect. Um Pretty quickly, I'll usually get a message back uh, because I've realized when I call, I'm getting a lot of voicemails. Yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Very good. Now, what do you do personally to prepare for that call? Is it just kind of be going through whatever notes were captured? Yes. 
Uh, how do you get yourself mentally prepared? Maybe you had a rough call one before or something. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you get kind of ready for the next call? Um, so it honestly is just reflective of the prior call. You know, if it's my first call of the day, I'm usually just like, yeah, let's, you know, <laughs> let's go get it. Yeah. Um, if I am leaving from a rough call, um, sometimes, you know, uh, we, we live in an area where there's frequently parks. Uh, so I might pull off into some green space, take a minute. Yeah. Uh, breathe if if the call was particularly bad and yeah. then head to the call um, because usually at least people in the D.C. Maryland area know that traffic is real so if I'm two three minutes later than what I gave them they will assume traffic um, so if I just need that breathing moment I, I take it Good for you. Um, otherwise uh, yeah I once I pull you know pull away from the house I was just at I'll pull over see if there's history if it's a if it's a first time college yeah just go um, and usually when I pull into their neighborhood, I'll just start kind of scoping the houses. Yeah. You know, uh, cause usually you can see if they got one system, two systems typically in that house, oh, stuff yeah. like that, uh, to kind of just prep myself. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Very good. All right. So you pull up to the hall, you know, you don't linger too long, you know, mm -hmm. to the front door, not yep. back up all that good stuff. Uh, they invite you into the home. What do you do to kind of, um, set the tone for the rest of the call to kind of make that early connection is it a. Simple yeah. compliment, are there certain go-to questions you always like to fall back on? What do you do? Um, I kind of let it happen organically. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's from COVID or what, but we've had, a, I've arrived on calls and people, if they're not on a Zoom call actively, right. uh, have actually seemed a little more social than usual. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I'll just say, hey, I'm Danielle with Burek, especially if it's a first-time customer, ask if I'm parked okay. Um, and then preface what the call is. It, you know, it looks like I'm here for a no heat, you know, um, when, you know, just start kind of asking my questions gently. Um, you know, has it happened before? Stuff like that. Yeah. And based off of their answers, that's when I'll find something to kind of, I don't want to say dig into, but yeah, to that degree. something. Yeah. 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 Just like, oh, you know, like, oh, you're a new homeowner. When did you move in? Like, yeah. hey, this is your first breakdown. So you, do you probably don't know the age of your system, you know, stuff like that. Um, and I, you know, I've really connected with people because I became a new homeowner during 2022. So, um, you know, just talking about how crazy the market was, stuff like that, yeah. you know, the process that they went through and just kind of let it go from there. Is that happen in the doorway or do you go ask to kind of sit down somewhere or stay in somewhere? Um, you know, I will say a lot of people will lead me to the system. Right. I don't stop the them. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't stop them. Um, it's, you know, sometimes I will just say, oh, you know, before, before you lead me all the way down there, do you mind showing me where the thermostat is? What? You know, so that I don't have to make you come all the way back upstairs, you know, and show me after that. Um, but I, I don't stop people from doing that because I know that's what I'm there for. And if that's what they're most comfortable with, uh, a lot of times during conversation, we might start, uh, stop somewhere midway and just keep talking and, yeah. you know, um, so I, I let the customer kind of take the lead and, sure. and, and that kind of, for the most part, seems to relax. Okay. Yeah. Do you, how, how, what other, you start going through some of the questions, you know, we have like the, you know, I guess you're there for the repair calls. So you're not mm -hmm. really going into the comfort survey stuff. At Correct. That point. Yeah. So. What, uh, so kind of talk about the process. So if it's, say, a no heat, uh, no heat call, let's start with one of them. What, what's, what's your process? You look at the system and you kind of find out what the problem is. Right. Well, I'm assuming the homeowner goes at, at that point, right? Mm -hmm. um, will you go to him or her to come back to see maybe you, hear, you have a component that you can show yeah. that's broken? Or what, 
How, how do you manage that? I love bringing the customer to the system if they're able. Yeah. Um, because I, when you have it right there in front of you, it's so much easier, Like especially if it's, say, like a gas furnace. I can just say a very simple breakdown of like, this leads to this leads to this. And we broke down here. And that's just why it's not turning on. And then kind of um, explaining the process. And then that's that's where I'll lead into, you know, oh, I notice you are using this type of filter. You know, does anyone in the home have allergies? So that's when I'll start kind of planting those seeds of like, let's let's think of more of what's the immediate problem and just kind of go through the entire system in, in its whole. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. All right. And so they say, oh, man, that look at that, that broken core, whatever. Yeah. You know? and, uh, and, and you know, what, what's your next step? You're like, okay, we, I just wanted to shut up, let you know what's going on. Do you, at what point do you kind of bring up, maybe this is a, a, a good opportunity to think about replacement. Do you let yeah. them bring it up to you or, or do you bring it up sometimes? Um, if they don't bring it up, I will bring it up. It's all going to be age-based in the breakdown. So um, if it's something a little more serious, let's say the inducer motor breaks down, um, then that's when I'm saying, oh, you know, this kind of is a, a large factor yeah. um, to the system's operation. And, you know, if your furnace is 19 years old, uh, I mean, honestly, with the supply chain issues we're having, if we can even get the part, yeah. you know, it, it's it's going to be a little on the pricier side. So let's kind of like, um, let's talk through every single option that we have available to you because knowledge is power and you're not going to feel comfortable um, with whatever decision you make until you have all of the information in yep. front of you. Um, so that's where we might kind of go sit down at the kitchen table or on the couch and just run run all of the the facts and figures per yeah. se and um and then of course you know like a lot of people might ask what my recommendation is and i will always give that um you know if it seems like a very obvious thing i would, I would just say i i think this is going to be the best move for you right um because certain breakdowns you don't know the full operation of the system until that part's replaced mm -hmm. and it's much more of a risk so making them aware of the risks with you know one option versus another option we say in a situation i would say as a motor yeah you we even give the repair option or will you go right into the sales process and giving through i i will always give the repair option okay um and that's that's because i you know i, I want them to know every option that's available for you um i will always just you know like if it's a certain brand that i can look up instantly to see if the part's available yeah then i'll just say you know, I would love to give you the repair option, but it does appear that this this part is not available. Um, the ETA for the part is such and such time or is no longer available, period. Mm. Um, so this is going to be the next step for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. how, how much will you go into when, you, when you're finding, you know, I don't know, if you've got a bad compressor. Or, mm -hmm. uh, do you, you try to avoid, I should probably, excuse me, Right, rephrase it. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you try to avoid tech talk, right? You want to. Yeah. Do you try? There are certain analogies that you you use all yeah. the time to explain what yeah. some of these components are. I mean, do you have any examples you share with people? Sure. I um. They? I uh. I love finding out the profession of yeah. of whomever I'm in the house with. Yeah. Um. Because we do have in in the area that uh, we are in, like the greater DC area, there are a ton of engineers and like really really like um well-educated people sure. so sometimes the tech talk is preferred depending on the on the person um but like for example i was in the house of uh, a nurse um and the compressor did go so it was kind of a perfect example 
Uh, so explaining that the compressor is essentially the heart of the system, mm. moving the refrigerant like blood throughout, and without when that fails, um, that can be a very, very uh, uh, temperamental breakdown. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, it's it's one of those things that can you do something to repair a heart? Yeah. Yeah. But we're, we're getting, we're involving other risks. Yeah. You know, so uh, using tons of metaphors is like something that I love. I love learning new metaphors that other technicians yeah. use to right. explain parts. Right. Um, so yeah, in, in kind of gearing it toward the knowledge base that the customer has. Sure. Um, so yeah, that's, that's I like that. what I love doing. That's cool. Yeah. Um, how, do you guys have about like with, with, uh, furnaces, cause I, I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of furnace gas furnaces, yeah. do you do the can't do you camera for heat exchangers and stuff like that? And yeah, if it, that, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. um, no, and I, a lot of times, um, when it comes to heat exchangers, uh, I have, I have a carbon monoxide detector okay. and that's going to be the number one yeah. thing to show that there's an issue. Um, subsequently I, I, I will also sometimes pull out the blower motor and shimmy in there and I can get a picture uh it is only worked Great. out well a couple yeah. times um and it's a dirty job but yeah. uh it's a big it, you know some some people are like very adamant of like is this the problem you know um and I I have my um I have my like little mirror that I can go down and inspect with as well and that's not easy to take a picture of, right. but I will bring the customer and try to show them themselves because seeing is believing. Sure. Um, and it's their system, so they have the right to to see whatever they wish. Yeah, that's yeah. right. How do you communicate? That's really bad without scaring them. Or, you know, you yeah. be the scare tactic person. Right. But it is a, it's, it's something concerned. Yeah, so um, especially when it comes to like a heat exchanger, if I am using my carbon monoxide meter, I mean, I do with every furnace call, yeah. but um, I will show them because it'll show the the active reading and then the max reading um, during the time that it's on. Um, and I'll, you know, if it's something like uh, I had one that was 68 parts per million, well, mm. that's, um, you know, that's past the point that we want to be, but it's, it's not lethal levels Boy. in explaining the different increments of, you know, this is your safe zone. This is what I've called the warning zone. And then this is the where we turn off the gas line. Yeah. You are above that. I just want to let you know I'm shutting off the gas line. It's your prerogative if you turn it back on. But please do know this is well documented on my invoice. <laughs> um, yeah. And and just letting them know it's not lethal, but it's unsafe. Yeah. And in just you know, um, I I say this. I've said it once. I'll say this again. And I've said it in most of my customers' houses. Knowledge is power, yeah. and comfort comes from knowledge. Support for this podcast comes from Synchrony. Ever wonder how to calculate your true cost of financing and how to fit the price of financing into your business and pricing for products and services? In Synchrony's new and improved toolbox website, you can easily calculate your cost of credit, view educational videos, and learn more about Synchrony's digital tools. Simply go to toolbox.syf.com to explore and learn more. I'm always intrigued. We talked about like a repair call, a tune-up that mm -hmm. leads to a placement. Yeah. So such a hard turn, and it doesn't happen obviously all the time. But right. How how do you uh, first of all how do you help your make your tune-up stand out? I've heard different. Is there a way? Is something you do, or is it your approach? I've heard people take yeah. apart the system and lay it out, so yeah. it's like you're performing a surgery. What? Yeah. Do you have a certain process you like to follow? 
Um, I mean, we we do use the system performance reports. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people have found comfort in, well, some really love the numbers, like I said. Yeah. Um, some people just love seeing that line of all greens, mm. you know, all the green uh, check boxes. Um, walking people through as much or as little. Um, and that's probably what makes uh, our tune-up stand out is, hey, you want to sit down for 15 minutes and go over everything? Right. You know, um, let me, you know, I'll bring the capacitor to you and show you what the reading is today um i'll you know uh i'll take pictures we're going to have everything documented okay. on the invoice so that moving forward we can track uh you know the progress or you know like the breakdowns stuff like that yeah um i don't like taking systems apart and showing yeah. everything um but yeah it's it's just the the tracking that our customers like right. uh because i love to give heads up of you know Hey, you know, um, it, you know, we're kind of on the teetering edge for your capacitor this year. I, I want you to kind of just think that this is probably going to be a repair next year. Don't worry. This is a common thing yeah. um, to be replaced in, in creating that heads up for the customers. So nothing is a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say this is a, um, a newer customer. Maybe it's a five-year-old system. So really it's not expected to have a lot of stuff. Yeah. When do you when do you start talking maybe about a club membership to yeah. make sure they're secured to you long term? Is that does that first happen at the office and then mm -hmm. do you bring it up the, again or, or when when do you typically bring up the club membership? The office always uh, prefaces that with any first hand caller. Yeah. Um. So the seed's been planted. I'm there to reiterate. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh. You know, I might start the call with, "Hey, you know, I've never I, I've never been to this house before. My name's Danielle." You know, uh, looks like you're just looking for a regular cooling system check today. Yeah. Um, I know our, our our office personnel mentioned the club membership. I'm happy to discuss that with you now or at the end of the call, um, if especially if you have any questions. Um, so I I don't care what the age of the system is. I'm yeah. always bringing it up um, because you know you you never know what you're going to get until you ask. Sure. So um, in especially a five year old system, you know. That's kind of when we want to start tracking little things, you know, um, and checking, you know, make sure that condensate line is going to be clear because if they, especially if they just bought the house, you don't know how frequently the filter's been changed, stuff like that. So catching stuff before it's a failure um, is a big thing for, you know, just peace of mind with our customers. Sure. How do you, um, um, how do you turn, say someone calls that's bought the house or whatever, mm -hmm. they got a 15 year old. Bad equipment is true. Bad. Yeah, and they don't know. They don't. They, all they know is they got to get it serviced, but mm -hmm. they don't have any expectation it's going to. We're talking replacement, right? So how, how what's it, how's that that conversation? I mean, you go down there and you walk down with Mrs. Jones, whatever. You're like, oh, yeah. you know, it's a dinosaur. Yeah, you know, it's thirty years old. Whatever. Right. I'm sure you've you've come upon. How, how do you handle that conversation when you start going? This might be something to think about. Yeah, that's uh, that unfortunately did happen in the last uh, year, year and a half pretty frequently with just the housing market with people foregoing the, the inspections. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, again, that's when I'm going to say, do you mind coming to the system with me? I just want to show you the age of the system. Um, and I've gone through every aspect of the system's operation. Here are the pain points of its operation or it's not working at all, you know, and then it didn't. Uh, going into why it's not working, if it is catastrophic level, just having to be gentle, bringing that up, especially uh, b 
because a lot of people really did kick themselves for not having the inspection done. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't want to add to that stress. Sure. Uh, I kind of try to minimize um, just being like, yeah, you know, this is unfortunately something that needed to be looked at. But um, just saying it, it is going to be time for replacement. Yeah. Um, I am sorry. There's the money that you would put into this. You're throwing good money at a bad investment. And the amount that it would cost to keep this system running, that's a good chunk of money that could go into the peace of mind of a new system with a 10-year parts warranty, 10-year labor warranty, stuff like that. Yeah. And then it's not something you have to think about for a while. Do you bring up the the, the seed of financing to offer some? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. All the time. Uh, because we uh, we do use Synchrony. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, one of the, the uh, financing plans that we absolutely we're like we have to use this as the 18 month zero percent interest um because i think most of our competitors do 12 month um so we want to have that that little bit more um and that's been a game changer that's great Mm -hmm. that's a good good nugget yeah do you utilize the true cost calculator not true cost um i use hvac op cost so we'll talk about the repairs and i'll ask them how long they think the system will last if those repairs are done I won't particularly use a true cost, um, but I know I, I, I it's something I wanted to incorporate, yeah. but I'm like, if I'm using one or the other, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to get too many numbers involved. Okay. So um, the HVAC op cost has actually been really beneficial for me in, in how I approach situations. Casey, okay, so you use that just like on a tuna call where it's an older system that's yes. not functioning for, okay. Yeah. Because bottom line, I don't care what you use, but right. you can show people you're really probably saving money over the long haul oh, a new system that's that's highly efficient versus your 30 year old box i um i went over it with a, a customer actually uh about a week ago mm-hmm. um and his system was was very old mm-hmm. um and putting in that system's information and then the system that um when when i was going through the different options the one that he was most interested in uh he put that in and the actual cost savings over the lifespan was more than the system itself cost. And he was just like, well, this is a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, I, yeah, of course I'm going to do that. This is my forever home. So I'd rather make that investment. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Um, all right. So we met a little bit ago. We talked about you got to the, you know, the options step. Uh, how, how do you, so you have the one option that's the repair option if it's a repair call. Yeah. How do your other three options differentiate from one another? Yeah. So, um. You know, there's the, the, we, we're going to be using the must, should, could. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, I always give them, this is the absolute bare minimum that you, minimum you can do to get the system up or up and running. Here's bare minimum plus what, you know, depending on what the breakdown was, what would avoid the same breakdown in the future? Yeah. You know, if it's like condensate lines are clogged, condensate lines plus a water safety, um, maybe some better filtration option to, you know, prevent as much dust through stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, giving the option of just a full-blown uh, replacement. Yeah. So you'll lay out the, the must should could, mm-hmm. and then they'll go, you know, Danielle, we talked. This doesn't make sense, right? So yeah. So you're like, okay. So then you reset, and you what amazing on an uh, iPad or something, you show the replacement option mm-hmm. thereafter? Uh, currently, we're still doing um, a paste, uh, paper estimates. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, they, they so you handwrite it right in front of them, and you have that conversation. Out in my truck, yeah, uh, yeah. Because uh, a lot of a lot of the issue right now is is availability of equipment. So um, I I always try to give at minimum two systems that are readily available. 
Um, yeah. But depending on the customer situation, maybe uh, maybe it is just a tune-up and it's old. It's working. It's not just not working well. Um, I might give a couple options that w would take like maybe a week to get the equipment because of a discussion that we had. They're like, oh, I'm I just really love carrier. Yeah. Okay. You know, I'll give you carrier options, but you know, if it's just carrier options, I'm just going to give you, you know, that baseline efficiency and a couple steps up and maybe that infinity option at the end. Yeah. Um, and go through everything and just be like, Hey, Mrs. Jones, you know, um, based off our conversation, I, I know you wanted something a little more energy efficient. Um, that, uh, that seems to be option three that I listed here. Uh, it isn't readily available, but your system's in good shape. Would you prefer to wait and get what you want? rather than just get what you what we have available. Yeah. Um, so it's it's always kind of a, a mix of that on every estimate. Have you struggled with any cancellations with that then, if you don't have? Honestly, I haven't. Um, yeah, because especially if, if the um, if the install's gonna be farther out, I'm gonna collect a deposit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. make sure it's secure. Yeah. yeah. Good. Um, all right, so how, I wanted to add, I, I kind of didn't, I passed over a little bit earlier, mm -hmm. Because it come it can come up on obviously repair calls. Like yeah. Replacements. IQ. Do you yes. sell a lot of IQ? Uh yeah, actually. Even um, on repair and like tune up calls, you try to not not a ton of tune ups. Um repairs, it kind of depends on the repair, um and also the age of the system. Mm -hmm. Because I will have that conversation of, you know, we're doing this repair today, you know the system's eighteen. Um, and you just kind of wanted to limp by to maybe do it during the install during a shoulder season, something. Um, uh, I might just say, if you are planning on replacing in the near future, uh, let's, let's do the whole system all at once. Um, so we do a ton of air cleaners. Um, it's kind of hit or miss on, uh, whether customers prefer an APCO or an iWave, uh, you know, some people really like the idea of a UV light on their coil. Um, some people like the idea of not having to replace a bulb every three years. Sure. Uh, stuff like that. But um, especially in Maryland, uh, the allergies are like crazy with the amount of pollen. Yeah. So a lot of people are very like interested in just not having to wake up with stuffed sinuses in the morning. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's pretty popular. And honestly, the um, April Air air cleaners sell themselves. Mm. Um, if you have a one inch filter and you're spending eight, $10 a month to replace a filter, if you're going to be in your house for a while, you get the return on investment and better indoor air quality for the, for the air cleaner being, inst being installed. Oh, yeah. Stump. yeah. So it, it just sells itself. Yes. Yeah. Cause you, you get, you know, you know, you're going to get probably less breakdowns, better airflow because you're not getting a bunch of, uh, dust building up inside the system, stuff like that. Uh, and you only have to replace your filter once or twice a year, depending yeah. on the lifestyle you have. Yeah. Very good. Um, all right. So you roll out your, your let's go back to the, the replacement options. And Danielle, I didn't expect, I didn't expect this much. Now, granted, you have the financing, right? Yeah. We talked, that's a big tool. Um, how do you handle people who are like, I just need to think about it. Like, do you, do you like go out your truck and say, oh, I need to do a few things and let them process it? Mm -hmm. Or how do you kind of handle that objection? I, I'll actually just say, Hey, would you prefer I just give you a minute? You can think about it um, because I've sprung a lot of information on you. I know this is a lot to digest. Yeah. Um, I I can give you some time. You know, you can review this with your spouse or you know what whatever the situation is. Um, and and let's just circle back in five to ten minutes. Yeah. Um, because you know, like especially if it's like out of nowhere, right. this conversation. A lot of people are just put completely on their back foot. Yeah. 
um, and just giving them that time to compose themselves, come up with any questions they might have, and then, you know, like, we'll sit down again. Yeah. And um, I, a lot of my customers, I'm like, ask me anything. Yeah. I don't want you to think there's a stupid question here. Sure. Because, uh, again, uh, knowledge leads to comfort. Yeah. And just sitting down with people. And if it, if it really is a situation where they're like, I, I'm sorry, I just, I, I need a day. Okay. Yeah. Would you like a phone call tomorrow evening? Yeah. You know, uh, now that it would give yourself time to process, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, you know, I, one of the things that I do need to work on is, you know, closing at the table. Um, but in the meantime, like the, doing the, I'll follow up with you in 24 hours is, is actually been pretty beneficial. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Um, do you, do you run into, boy, I, can, I think I need to get a few other bids, you know, or is that, yeah, you still are like, boy, yeah, I grew up, we got to get three bids. Do you mm -hmm. run into that still fair with? Pretty frequently. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things I hate when I'm the first one in the door. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's fine. I, I will just say, you know, um, absolutely get your, your three to five. Um, and you know, like, can we circle back? I, we have an apples to apples guarantee. Uh, I'm happy to answer questions on why maybe this, uh, you know, like Bryant system that I quoted, you, you know, like to go over the comparisons to the train system, this other company has quoted yeah. you. Let's talk, you know, like, uh, I'm, I'm here to create understanding for you. Yeah. Um, we're the professionals and we're ready to answer questions. What are some of the other big value differentiators that made you circle back at that point? Is this still maybe because of a better warranty? Labor warranty. Yeah. Yeah. How's the differentiate? We, uh, we can offer a 10-year labor warranty on all of the equipment that, what that we use. What's the do then? Uh, typically two years, mm -hmm. three years. Um, we haven't come across another company that's offering a 10-year labor warranty yeah. in the area. Uh, so that's been pretty huge Yeah. Uh, for us and just being able to tell people, hey, you don't have to worry about anything for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, you know, the other guys, if they do the install, if your compressor goes at year eight, yeah. for some reason, you know, power surge, something, you know, that's the, the labor cost for replacing that's going to be pretty, pretty stifling. For sure. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Uh, you close the call. Well, all right. Mm -hmm. So let's talk good stuff. Close sure. the call. Uh, what do you do to maybe, you know, make that customer feel warm and fuzzy about spending a whole lot of money, you know, and avoid yep. those cancellations. Is it right. Do you have a process for that? Um, we have been working on calling uh, about a week later. Okay. Uh, circling back, just saying, hey, do you have any questions? Um, because we we honestly install a fair amount of uh, smart thermostats. Mm -hmm. You know, most people will want them. Um, a lot of people don't know how to use them. Right. Um, so that's been, like, actually the biggest thing on those, like, follow-up calls of just, like, Hey, you know, um, we we did an install for you uh, a week ago. We just want to see how everything's been working out for you. You know, do you have any questions? A lot of people will say, "How do I set a schedule on this thing?" Right. Um, you know, you know, uh, kind of just walk them through that. Um, I'm pretty sure I could do, use an eco with my eyes blindfolded at this point. <laughs> um, but uh, that, and we actually send a thank you card. Oh, um, with a fifty dollar gift card in it. Cool. Yeah. So it's just thanks for your business. We want to know how. I uh, want you to know how much we appreciate you. Uh, a lot of people have just called in. They're like, "We're so happy. Thank you so much." That, and that's is it to you guys or to like a restaurant? If you no, know. it's it's a visa. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So you it was it wherever. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, um, I had a customer email me just saying, "Oh my god, I'm so happy. I'm gonna have a date night." And, <laughs> and I was just like, 
Good for you, Nina. Uh, so, that's, yeah, that's yeah, very cool. Um, just kind of been wrapping up. Mm-hmm. Um, what what motivates you to be a high achiever? I mean, you've done a lot in a short period of time. You've really yeah. grown as a person in this in this industry. What's what's driven you to to do as much as you've done in a short term? Honestly, that's uh, I feel like a super loaded question because <laughs> I love I love being able to do something where I'm also providing opportunities for others. Yeah. So through the company growing, we all grow. Yeah. Um, you know, I I like to know what everyone's personal goals are. Um, you know, without getting too far into it, you know, just like the more the company grows, if everyone's willing to grow with it, we're all gonna have so many more opportunities uh to do more with our own personal lives. Yeah. Um so uh when I started doing sales, uh, Nick Jr. and I, um, we both were like, you know, we're at that age. We want to buy houses. Sure. We hustled. We were both homeowners. Yeah. Um, so there's, sure. it's, it's really, really rewarding um, seeing others, you know, like through like the combined work of both of us yeah. achieve so much together. Um, so I'm just, you know, trying to help like inspire the rest of the team. Um, you know, our installers do a fantastic job yeah. and we're just getting better and better by the day. So, uh, yeah, just building, building one another up and just, you know, knowing that we're going to do the impossible. <laughs> That's yeah. great. Uh, last question. What advice might you have for a, another newer technician in his or her journey and yeah. his trade? Don't get frustrated. Mm. Uh, you are going to mess up. <laughs> you know, we yeah. all do. Um, and you just need to find a company that you fit in that when you mess up, it's okay. Yeah. Um, I had so many like stumbling blocks with sales uh, in the beginning. Sure. Um, Nick Sr., fantastic man. I would call him with any question. And I'm like, I can't remember, you know, like, what size line sets at this customer's house? I, I God, I, I can't, I don't know what I'm doing. And, um, and he's just like, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. You know what? We're going to work through this. Nick Jr. Um, he, he's great in the office. If I like with like some model numbers, if you just write down the wrong thing, him catching it and just being like, it's all right. Yeah. You know, we're going to order the right equipment. The customer is going to get exactly what they need. Um, you're, you're going to mess up. It's all good. Yeah. And um, when you start or when you're messing up less and less, you're, everybody's getting happier and happier. <laughs> right. So just just have patience with yourself. Um, it, things happen and, and the world's going to keep turning. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for all your time. This was, yeah. this was a lot of fun. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. That's Danielle Weiss in a Buick Heating and Air in Columbia, Maryland, who sold $1.76 million in residential HVAC on her way to becoming CertainPass' first female HVAC Brown Champion. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If so, please like and subscribe on YouTube. Or on your favorite podcast player, please leave us a five-star review. The two seconds you take to leave a review will help other success-minded contractors like you find us and hopefully get a little bit better, which elevates our entire industry. And please join me for future episodes. This has been The Successful Contractor, powered by CertainPath. Support for this podcast comes from Home Depot Pro Trades. At the Home Depot Pro Trades, our job is helping you do yours. Powered by HD Supply, we are uniquely positioned to help drive your business through unrivaled access to professional-grade plumbing, 
electrical and HVAC products, and innovative business solutions such as our StockWise Inventory Management Program, fully customizable to meet your needs and improve productivity. Our national network of distribution centers and more than 2,200 store locations provide national reach with a local focus, giving unmatched convenience and product availability. We power pros to do more. The Successful Contractor Podcast is part of the Certain Path family. Certain Path builds successful home service businesses and has for 23 years. We do it by providing contractors with a proven path to success, professional coaching, software solutions, and a member community of over 1,000 contractors just like you. Doubling your sales with a 20% net profit and an inspiring company culture is all possible. Let us show you the way. With Certain Path, success is made certain. Visit www.mycertainpath.com for more information.